12, verse 23. Yesterday when we was out visiting one of the little boys that hadn't been in a while, we told them if they'd come, they'd get a goldfish. His first question was, can I eat it? And I said, well, it's yours. You can do what you want to with it. I said, I, I wouldn't eat it, but if it's yours, you can do what you want to. He came and he got his, so I guess he had lunch. I don't know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. John chapter 12, verse 23. The Bible says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. And Jesus Answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard. Out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come unto you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. While, he, while you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. Matthew, would you please pray? Amen. Notice again, if you will, verse twenty seven. This is our text verse. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I into this hour. Right here on this pulpit, for many years now, there's a plaque, it's John twelve thirty two, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. It's not talking about the man behind the desk, but it's talking about the God that's preached from this desk. 
Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Our title tonight is For This Cause. As Jesus said there in verse 27, For This Cause. Jesus was experiencing a troubled soul there as he begins. He said, Now is my soul troubled. That word troubled there means to be uh, pressured or heavy, weighted down, strained, or stressed. Or You know how you feel when you get troubled? Well, imagine now, Jesus says here in verse 23, The hour is come. He realizes now that his soul, uh, uh, he was about to go face the great cause for which he came into this world. His hour was at hand. As the people around him look on him, they can't see. They see a man and they're thinking he's just like every other man. He was robed in flesh. He had hair on his head. He wore shoes on his feet. He wore clothes just like the rest of the people did. But he was a different man. And now he come, he's coming to the place. Now he's probably in the neighborhood here of 33 and a half years old. And he's realizing that this time before which he came, for the cause that he came, is staring him in the face. The, the suffering that he has knew from the foundation of the world now is beginning in a physical body that he was born into. He is thinking of the purpose that he came was to face this hour that God had set before him and he was to die. He had come to die. And to die was the supreme cause of his life. Not only his supreme purpose, but his supreme obedience. To imagine the the terrible, terrible sufferings of the hour that he was about to face. Should he pray? Jesus said there in verse 27, uh, Shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? But he realized for this cause is why he came. He couldn't pray that prayer because he knew he had come to die. He knew why he left his throne in glory. He knew that he loved the Father so much that he must obey the Father. He must obey uh, what God had given him to do. And this was his supreme act on his life was to obey what thus saith the Lord. To lay down his life. God tells us that as we read it there in the scripture, he said, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. God asks the same of us when we get saved to lay down, die out to ourself, and live unto the Lord. When we get saved, we get excited about being saved, and, and we want to tell everybody about how good Jesus is and what God done for us. And then in a short time, it seems in a few years, it seems to dissuade. It's not as important. We're kind of like the tares. It chokes us. We get so busy. We get so busy we don't read our Bibles. We get so busy we don't study our Sunday school. We get so busy that we barely have time to squeeze church in on a Sunday and let alone Wednesday. But Jesus prayed for the glory of God. He prayed for the Father to glorify His own name. And notice here, this is a very significant fact. 
as you study uh, the Word of God, it shows a complete selflessness on the part of Jesus. It shows that the primary concern of Jesus was to complete His purpose and cause on earth, which was to glorify God by doing exactly what God wanted Him to do. How was God glorified? By Jesus' obedience. How do we glorify God today? By being obedient unto the Lord. Jesus being our example, God was glorified in the same way as the superiors honored uh, and respected. His word was carried out and obeyed. That word glorify there uh, in the Greek tense points to a single act or event that would glorify God. And Jesus had prayed, Father, uh, glorify. The Son of Man should be glorified. And God will be glorified in the cross by the supreme act of obedience on the part of Jesus, by Jesus obeying exactly what God had for him to do. It was God's will for Jesus to die for the sins of men. And by dying, Jesus would show that God is the supreme being of the universe because he's God. And God is the one who is honored and respected and obeyed. He would, he would therefore be glorified. The Bible says uh, in Matthew 26, 39, And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Jesus knew it was for this cause that he came. This was why he came. He came to die. I wonder, this, and thought over this a thousand times or more, the night that I got saved, would I have trusted Jesus Christ that night if I knew that I would have to die that night? Physically? Because there's coming a time in this world, if you're not saved, uh, there's coming a time when you, when you do profess Jesus, after the church is gone and the Holy Spirit's gone and you profess Jesus, that will require your life. You will, you will die. They'll take your head off. That's why it's such a good time tonight to be saved. The God will be glorified in the cross by seeing the love of God in the world. God gave His Son to die for men that they might not perish but have everlasting life. That some people would see uh, and believe this glorious truth. I wasn't there that day, but through eyes of faith and through the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God, I can go there by faith and I can see by faith everything that Jesus... I have an ideal of what Jesus suffered, but what Jesus suffered is far beyond anything you and I could comprehend. They tried to make a movie about it, but they failed miserably. I could still recognize who the man was. The Bible says if you didn't know him, you wouldn't even you couldn't recognize who he even was. They would begin to follow uh, and obey his will. That's what that's what that's all I done when I got saved. I just believed Jesus to be the Son of God that he died on the cross for my sins and he was buried and he arose that third day and I confessed my sins to him and asked him to forgive me and I know that he saved me by his marvelous grace. And boy, I wanted to tell somebody about it. I wanted, I, it was, I wasn't thinking about being obedient. I just wanted to tell somebody. Somebody, when, when you come to the place where all your sins that you've ever committed, at that instant is gone. And that very instant, you're just as holy and clean and pure and righteous as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is Himself. You're never going to forget that day. And if you can't go back to that time, then you better check your salvation. You just, you just probably are not saved. It's not about a feeling. It's not about a work. And here Jesus said, for this cause, for this cause, 
But I can't just let this go by. I have to, to be obedient to my Father uh, which is in heaven. And, and God accepted and approved Jesus' prayer here as He approved and He spoke audibly. He actually spoke audibly from heaven saying that He had glorified His name and He would glorify it again. One of our favorite Bible passages often heard during the time of Christmas is Isaiah 9 and verse 6. He said, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It's a, it's a powerful passage, and it is a, with a very powerful message that has been it's captivated our hearts the hearts of poets and preachers and kings and some drawn to, to the to the 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 prophetic aspect uh, citing Isaiah's foretelling the arrival of Christ and others are moved by the death meaning found within the savior's title boy that's a great verse and boy we celebrate that verse especially around christmas time it's often quoted in our church bulletins and and the banners and yet it's amazing how we easily let the words of this powerful message many times go unnoticed. They go leaving us unmoved, unmotivated. It leaves us unchanged. We hear it, and yet it seems like, okay, we've heard it so many times. We've come, become numb to it. And folks, that'll get you a place in hell. Well, I've heard it all my life, but have you ever believed it? Have you ever put your, have you put, have you put your faith and trust in that word? To believe that Jesus is the Son of God. To believe that He died on the cross. And folks, in the day and hour that we live, you can find anything you're looking for. If you want works, you can find it. If you want to do it, uh, you can find something to do. But that don't mean you're going to heaven. Until you come to the place... That you realize Jesus is the Son of God. And He died for your sins. He said, for unto us a child is born. That's personalized. It wasn't, it wasn't here unto them a child was born. Or unto a few people. But He said unto us. That means every one of us. That means every crazy family member we have. That means that person at the, on the job that we just can't get along with. That means no matter what color of the skin, no matter what country they live in, whether they're tall, short, no matter what they, who they are, of their shape, Jesus came to die on the cross for their sins. He said, for unto us a child is given. And we think about those words and we, we become so numb to those things. We, we become so, uh, they, we, we, we hear them so much. And, and, but if we really stop to think carefully and grasp that truth of this, this verse here, this, this well-worn phrase, you know, we, we especially, we see it a lot around uh, Christmas time, that Jesus is the reason for the season. That sounds real good, but that's really not true. Jesus didn't come so that we would have a day to celebrate and buy everybody uh, that we love gifts. That's not why He comes. He didn't come that we could have Christmas plays and, and do all of these things. Jesus came to die. Jesus said, for this cause I came. For this cause came I unto this hour. And folks, you and I this morning, or this evening, or tonight, are the reason for the season. We're the reason Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to die for His sins. He came to die for our sins. See, Jesus didn't simply, he didn't just simply come to fulfill prophecy, 
for the sake of his own well-being. But Jesus came on our behalf to, to bridge that gap between the mankind and the Father. Think about it. If you stop and think about the, the time. You, we read our Bible and we read Luke chapter 2 and we think, man, that happened about three or four days. No, it didn't happen in three or four days. God was working on it for years. Many Old Testament prophets who foretold the Messiah's birth. God, God started all this back in the, uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, and it took a, a lot of hard work and coordination to put this event together. Many of the Old Testament prophets uh, foretold the Messiah's birth. They coordinated, uh, the, they coordinated pregnancy of Mary and Elizabeth. Even more challenges was Mary's divinely ordained virgin conception. And now the world wants to change that. To take away the virgin birth. Whether they believe it or not, Jesus was born of a virgin. And that makes all the difference in the world. Everything you and I believe about Christianity is based on the birth of Jesus and the virgin birth. And his death. And his resurrection. There's the situation with Joseph. The manipulation of the Roman government. The precise coordination of the census. Uh, putting Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem at just the right time to fulfill the prophecies. God also had to communicate with the wise men and direct them uh, to be at the right time to to search for the newborn king. All the the astronomical uh, things that happened there to produce that special star. In human terms, this massive production made the most complex of man's uh, modern world-wide coordination events look like a school-grade play. We look at it, especially around Christmas, we think... You know, and it makes a, a good Christmas play. <laughs> it's the birth of the Savior. We celebrate His birth. But when we put that with it happened in a short time, no. God worked all of this out and, and we can put it together just like a play. That's why it's so important that we stay with the Bible, the Word of God. Because that's the way God put it together. You can't rewrite something and it means the same. And God, my friend, did all of this for you. If you're here to not lost without the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus died for you. You say, well, it's Sunday night. Everybody's saved on Sunday night. That don't mean, because it's Sunday night, don't mean everybody, and you in church don't mean everybody's saved. Last Sunday, I had a, a sermon illustration, and I went out to the fellowship hall, and I got a, a gallon jar. And I filled it full of water, and I was carrying it through here. And Elijah said, don't drop that, it's glass. And I, and, and I said, it's not glass, it's plastic. But everybody looks like they're saved, not saved either. And, and boy, Elijah looked at me like, what did I do to deserve that? <laughs> you know? And, uh, but it makes a difference, folks, that we understand. Jesus said, for this cause... And folks, he done it for you and for me. He said, unto you a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The word Jesus itself means the Lord saves. And folks, it seems that many times the world has forgotten this. But because the world forgets it, don't mean that you and I should forget it. It don't mean that our neighbors should ever forget it. Uh, we go, me and the preacher have been known, and Miss Darlene, some other folks in the church, has been known to go to New City Barbecue every once in a great while to eat. And uh, yesterday out bus calling, uh, Wes, I think, run into one of the waitresses, and she said, oh, I know your church. I've got a whole pocket, I've got a whole pile of these cards, the tracks. And, uh, but that's, 
we should never let people forget. It should, but if it comes old to us, then who's going to want what you have? If it's not exciting to you, if you lose the joy of being saved, then you lose the joy of salvation, then, then who wants that? My God, the world's got plenty to cry about. They can cry with the world. First Timothy said, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? That's why Jesus came. Peter and Paul said that God wants us all to be saved. But that don't mean that all will be saved. But that does mean that everybody you and I come in contact, somewhere along the line, need to know that we're saved and that Jesus loves them and Jesus cares for them and they don't have to live in that world that they're living in. Because folks, you and I were living in that world when somebody told us. I know the man that won me to the Lord's not perfect. I got saved and I'm not perfect. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is. And he died on the cross for my sins. See, men are placed into two strat categories here. They're perishing or being saved. And once you're saved, you're always saved. You're as saved as you're ever going to... You can't get no more saved than saved. But you can learn and you can grow in the Word of God. And, but those that are perishing, they're perishing every day. Jesus said the world will wax worse and worse and worse. A man goes through life having one of these two experiences. He's either perishing or moving ever downward toward the grave or he's being saved and ever moving upward toward eternal life. A growing in the knowledge and wisdom of God and, and the good things of God and learning the things that the Lord has for us. And Jesus said, now is my soul troubled. He knew he was about to go die, but for this cause, he died for you and I this morning. For this cause, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God loves every man, not just the religious and the good. He does not only love the people who love him, he loves everyone who don't love him. The unloving, the unlovely, the unbelieving, the obstinate, the selfish, the greedy, the spiteful, the vengeful. And I could say, I could call my name Ronnie. There he loved me when I hated and persecuted him. And I didn't want anything to do with him. But he still loved me. He didn't leave me. He sent somebody by to tell me about Jesus. And tonight, if you're here lost and none without God, God's sending somebody by to tell you about Jesus. For this cause he came. He didn't come just so we could have nice buildings and nice carpet on the floor and nice air conditioning. He came that we could have eternal life, that we could be free from our sin. See, that's the basis of God's love is His nature because He is love. See, God commended His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He loved us when we were the unlovable. See, that word, that love there, it acts, it expresses itself. Love don't just sit still, it does something. And when you tell people about Jesus, they might think you're hating them or you're trying to hurt them, but you're actually loving them and helping them to understand that there's a better way. Love is loving, and love is always demonstrating love to others and telling them about the Lord. And God wants man to know His love. He wants to reach everyone in this world with His love. And you never know, that one person... In your life, Brother Wayne Shemish told the pastor something one time, and he shared it with me, that God puts people in our lives sometimes for a season, and then they're gone. 
you never know that person that God is going to put in your life or has put in your life. And they're there for that purpose, for you to tell them about Jesus. And when we don't follow through and we don't be obedient unto God as Jesus was and follow through and just share with them what's on the back of this card, the plan of salvation, or just hand them the card and ask them to, to just read this, then we're not really showing that love that Jesus did to the world. That word there, gave, has a twofold meaning. God gave His Son to the world and He gave His Son to die. It's the ideal of sacrifice of great cost. Jesus paid the wages for our sin. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He gave up His Son to be sep- God gave up His Son to be separated from Him. He gave up His Son, allowing Him to come to earth into a world that was fallen and depraved. But God knew the, what the shape the world was in, but... And Jesus knew the shape the world was in, but he came anyway. He gave up his son to be separated from him and allowed him to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus Christ, his mission, his mission was for this cause. This is why he came. Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. His whole life was for this cause to come into this world. And Jesus said in verse 23, the, the hour has come. He knew every stripe that he was about to receive. He knew every lick of that cat of nine tails. He knew the person that would pull the hairs from his face. He knew the person that was about to Push that crown of thorns down across his head. He knew the person that would step out of the crowd and carry his cross because he was so weak. He also knew the person that was using that kind of nine tails. And the suffering that he suffered in, what did Jesus say? Did Jesus say, Father, just send them all to hell. Look what they're doing to me. No, he looked down from the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. My, what a love that he had for us. In all of that, we've got three little points here. Number one, Jesus is the one who proclaims salvation. He proclaimed that repentance saved Zacchaeus. We all know that story. That repentance saved Zacchaeus and that Zacchaeus would bring the message of salvation to his whole house. He knew, Zacchaeus knew, and Jesus proclaimed repentance saved Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus went to tell somebody else, to tell his whole household. He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Boy, God makes it so clear. It's unlike, it's unlike this contemporary mess that's going on in the world today and the news commentators where it, it's, it's black, gray, and white. And one man said last week, well, we, we like the gray. Well, the only problem is with the gray is that it don't exist. It's black or white, you're saved or you're lost, you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. And it's not because, it's not because of what you did uh, or have done, it's because you were born into it. David said he was conceived from his mother's womb in iniquity. We were all born into it because of Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus proclaimed of the salvation. Number two, Jesus is the one who seeks and to save those that are lost. 
Jesus came to where I was at up there in that parking lot at that high school and saved my soul. And he came to wherever you were at. It may have been in an altar somewhere. Or it may have been by the, by the couch. For Matthew's dad, it was on his face in front of a tractor and trailer in Arizona. But God was there. And he's the one who seeks and is saved. See, the lost are the ones who are perishing, being destroyed, losing eternal life and being cut off from God. The lost are the spiritually destitute. But Jesus is the one who seeks and to save those that are lost. Jesus said, for this cause. For this cause. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. For this cause, Jesus said, He came. Who gave Himself that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And Jesus said, for this cause, this is why I came. And that he died for all that which lives should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. In Ephesians 5 and 2 he said, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. And folks, that's why we should live our life as for this cause. Because of what Jesus done for me. For this cause, I'm going to heaven. For this cause, I want to tell somebody about Him. For this cause, I want to get up. I want to serve God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be obedient to Him as Jesus was. Number three, Jesus gives the command to go. To go. You know, one of the things the flesh does not want to do. The flesh don't want to tell people about Jesus. The flesh... I'll just confess. I told uh, yesterday, I said, Lord God, we, Matthew told me we was going with Wesley. Wesley said, we're going to Spring Lake. And I thought, my God, I'd rather. We turned in the gate and I said, uh, who was standing beside of me? I said, I'd rather be anywhere in the world today than Spring Lake. Because we've been run out of there. And uh, if you ain't never been run out, you don't know what that means. But we have been run out. And I, I, I was, my mouth was dry. I was about half sick. We went around and dropped everybody off. And, and me and David come around and we parked the bus. It might have been him. I said, uh, uh, and I said, man, you, you, you ain't never been run out. You don't know what this means. But anyway, we went. And everywhere we went to, just about, people met us out in the yard. And we signed, we got their name and their address. And I told David, I said, man, this is, I mean, it was exciting. And, and people wanted to come. Now, did they come? No, but we got some good contacts to go back and visit with them. One did come. Five of them at one home that their mama said they couldn't come here no more a couple years ago. When they saw us and I, I he, the, the oldest one recognized me. I guess because I'm so good looking. Uh, <laughs> You thought I was going to say because I was bald. Uh, but he said, he said, I know we used to go to that church. Where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? We want Matthew to come talk to our mama so we can come back to that church. And, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, that was exciting. I thought, man, wait, while Matthew hears this. And, uh, and, and Wes, and I give Wes the cards and everything, explain to him. But Jesus gives us the command. He said, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. For this cause, Jesus said, Go. 
Why should we? Because he went. He told the father, he said, I'll go. He went. The flesh don't want to go. That's why we can't walk in the flesh, but we've got to walk in the Spirit. And Jesus gives that command to go for this cause. Do you not realize that it's all about you? For this cause, Jesus came. For this cause. Jesus didn't come for himself. He came for you. That night over there in the parking lot of East Burke High School, he came for Ronnie. That night that you got saved, or that day that you got saved, he came for you. And tonight, he's here for somebody that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And all he, he said, for this cause I came. I'm done. Amen. That's all. Stand your feet. Every head down, every eye closed.